JW, happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday. Happy Friday, my friend. I think I've got a, uh, a full tide there. I think I might have over. <laughs> have a look at that. It reminds me of a session of the Blues Brothers where they're pouring the wine. Just fill it up to the top. Come on, fill it up to the top. Right up. Uh, I just noticed how full that wine glass is. Oh, it's been a big week, folks. It's been a big week. I need to wash it down. Uh, no, uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome to another Friday session. Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, Andy Fenton, Jason Witten, Ben, good morning, afternoon, evening even. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even started drinking yet and uh, I don't know my time. But anyway, good good to see you, Ben. Great to see you, mate. Um, Alison's here too. Give us awesome. a shout-out in the chat, folks. Um, see if you're there. Andy, now I, I have been, Alison, by the way, this, this wine I got last night. Check it out. I didn't buy it, but I did. Uh, I did get it from a party I went to last night. Oh, and, uh, so you were the smash and grab that I was reading on from Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Max's Pinot Noir, yeah, Max Penfolds. Pinot Noir. Yeah, yeah wow. it's meant to be nice. So um, we'll see. We'll, well see mate, how we Pinot go. Noir is more of a red drop for you guys up in Queensland. Uh, it, it looks better in a filled glass like that, and uh, it's a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter light. and uh, yeah. better for the, the warmer temperatures because you, it's better when it's a little bit cooler. Little known fact, uh, well, it's not necessarily a fact, I guess it depends on your perspective, but uh, the, the the great wine connoisseurs of the world say that uh, a Pinot Noir should be drunk at around about 16 degrees Celsius. There you go. And it should wine. be allowed to warm up uh, as it oxygenates to, uh, to room temperature. And that way you'll get the florals to the fruits to then the, the tannins. And then, uh, then they die, Jace, and you throw them out before you, you know, feed them to your guests the following right. week when they're 10 days old. <laughs> you don't, you don't keep the wine in the bottle for two weeks and keep drinking it. Um, I just learned that from Andy Fenton folks. Um, uh, Andy is the wine connoisseur, but, uh, Nat, how oh, are you? <laughs> just after a couple of days in hospital recovering from, uh, <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Well, it's great to see all of you guys jumping on. Uh, welcome to Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. For those who are coming back, uh, welcome back. Great to have the regulars here. Anyone who's new, give us a shout out in the chat. Say good day. Um, love to love to acknowledge you and, and see where you're from. Tell us where you're from. Um, for those uh, who don't know, Andy and I started Wealth, Wine and Wisdom uh, when COVID hit in 2020, March or April. And uh, we've been going ever since, over 50-plus episodes now, which is awesome. But the idea, the general gist, folks, is that we get together, debrief the week. Andy's world of uh, the banking, the share market, equities, financial planning, 20 years-plus experience in that, helping thousands of people across Australia, uh, myself in the world of real estate, uh, similar timeframes and clients. And uh, we just help each other out, debrief. Property investors, uh, business owners, that's our niche. And uh, we try and make a bit of sense of the news because sometimes there's going to be a whole lot of noise out there, which uh, can be a whole, uh, well, conflicting. We talked about that last week um, in the messages and you've got to make sense of it when uh, when you're uh, trying to navigate uh, uncertain times, any times really at the end of the day. But what we do, Andy, we do three pieces of the show 
not necessarily in order and not necessarily every time either, but we try to, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, we do a bit of what's in the news, folks, you know, uh, what's going on out there. A little bit this week, actually, pretty cool uh, things to talk about. Um, I'm pretty pumped about uh, one of the two of the things that I want to share. Um, sometimes we get around to, to sharing and educating on things you should know when it comes to the world of investing, going the distance, creating some wealth, staying safe, those sorts of things. And uh, we absolutely love the idea of answering any of your questions. So if you're sitting there now and you've got something on your mind, whack it in the chat for us and uh, sooner or later, before the end of the night, we'll dive into those questions and uh, give them a shot. We'll uh, offer some opinions, which are sometimes uh, not necessarily factual or accurate. Um, <laughs> we may offer some facts <laughs> and some experiences and um, hopefully we can all work out which bits are the most useful when it comes to doing something about those questions that you got. So, folks, that's what it looks like for us um, in the show. And uh, stick with us. It'll be about 50 to 50 minutes to 60 minutes long, sometimes a bit longer if we get wound up. But um, great to see you guys uh, joining us tonight. And there's Sean uh, on a houseboat. That is wow. absolutely cracking. Good to see you, mate. Good, good for Hi, Andy, did you know, I don't know, folks, I don't know if I've told you guys this um, this story, but uh, Sean just reminds me of uh, how I first bought my first in investment property or my first property. Uh, what I did is I actually first bought a houseboat and lived on it for three years with my uh, darling wife. We saved up enough money then to buy a house in Sydney. So we lived in a Coona Bay on a houseboat for three years. Get uh, out. It was awesome. It was amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely loved it. And then we bought a house in the Blue Mountains. In uh, never in- got to the, to the space that this river isn't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> I lived next to some pretty amazing boats. It was, it was awesome. Met some fantastic people. And, then, and I think, folks, I'm one of the only people in Australia who's ever made money out of a boat. I bought, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bought a houseboat from the Gold Coast for $41,000. I put it on a truck and shipped it to... Sydney for a thousand bucks, and three years later sold it for fifty six thousand um, dollars. Wow! So I was pretty happy with that. And uh, there you go. Um, the idea to Richard Branson. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a very cool lifestyle. So uh, sometimes you got to think outside of the box, folks. Getting getting going in this game when it comes to uh, taking care of your money. Real estate in Sydney at that point for us was way out of our reach, and. Um, we ended up with a water view for $41,000 in the middle of Sydney. It was pretty special, I can tell you. So everyone wanted to come to our house, which floated on the water. <laughs> it's amazing, mate. I never I never knew that. I never yeah. knew that. The yeah. funny thing is you, you still don't know which, which side's port, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, is any port left on the left? Any port left? <laughs> I remember that. If you're drinking, is there any port left? <laughs> I did. I, I drove the boat, sailed it. I, I don't know. Is it motoring? Motored the boat? Three times, twice I crashed it, once I didn't, and that was it over three years. So, you know, um, it, it was a moored boat tied up and we just lived there, but it was awesome. Anyway, enjoyed it. <laughs> right. So you've been through a house crash before. <laughs> but boom Should I put on that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yes. I need a sound effect for that one. Uh, but, Laura, good to see you here. Uh, happy Friday to you. And uh, Graham, it was always good to have you along, mate. And Bob, um, you found it. Oh, there we go. Uh, Harry's here as well. Uh, Bob, good to see you. 
Alison, um, and uh, Harry's joined us. Good to see you, Harry. Mate, uh, hopefully straight into business. Yeah, Harry's got a good question there. Um, Nice, Harry. I'll put a little pin in that one. I've got plenty to say about that, so that'll be great for the question section a little bit later on. But, Andy, why don't we uh, kick it off and give it a good nudge. Uh, James, while I say hello to James and Aaron, are you ready for a little bit of what's in the news? Right, ready, rocking and uh, and raring to go, mate, because uh, as good old Yogi Berra says, who's becoming a, a big fan of our show, uh, well, from the grave, uh, legend <laughs> from the grave, uh, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore and we're going to start go. to talk about uh, a few things, inflation, which uh, leads into property prices, leads into shares. Uh, it's a lot in the news. It's a lot of BS in the news as well, so we'll, we'll chat about some of that but uh before we jump into it too much wanted to just give everyone a little bit of a, a holler uh i know that anastasia palachak your neck of the woods jace your Mate, neck of the woods and i know that we did on. chat about this <laughs> i know that we did chat about this last week yes and uh an inside scoop that doesn't exist told me that anastasia palachak was listening to wine and wisdom uh, and all of our talk about getting over to japan to investigate low interest rate country japan is going to be a theme i think for this year in this show uh but uh but we wanted to jump over there and so anastasia thought well we're going for the olympics why not maybe 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 I just better get over there. She she had a bit of ridicule while she was going over there. She got treated like a school child by uh by one of the uh the, the, I've forgotten his name actually now, but uh one of the one of the press conferences you saw Anastasia basically be told that she'll be there and uh and she was. So good on her. She won the Olympics. Uh yeah. the Brisbane Olympics will focus on sustainability. Uh but uh, the overhaul infrastructure costs remain unclear. So, mate, before we get into the whole inflation side of the equation, I, I thought I'd expand on what we spoke about last week. Yes. Uh, in, in what I think we called it the uh, the cheap ass Olympics, uh, <laughs> and the gold medal goes to those person who could save the most amount of money. Uh, but we also talked a little bit last week about how to lie with statistics, uh, and I brought a, a, a great book. Uh, that was written by not a mathematician, not a finance guru, but lo and behold, a journalist. Uh, Trump fake news. So, <laughs> mate, just just have a look at this. Like I was reading this article. Zoom into that for us, Andy. Zoom into it. Dissecting a little can. bit here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just do the math now. For those of you who have started up a business, who have done any type of forecasting before, especially when you're in that utopian mode of you know that greenfield moment jace remember that that moment we just start things up and you think this can't fail this cannot fail this is a sure thing and pretty much any time any of us have said that we've we've been handed our ass at some point in time and <laughs> and so these, these these are public stats right just just i I've, I'll, I'll quote the source later on if you need me to but uh but these this is public source Let's have a look at this as a balance sheet or as a profit and loss rather. So proposed costs of the Brisbane Olympics, US dollars in millions, which is great because it's actually in Australia. So, well, go figure. Anyway, so the, the, uh, the IOC contribution, uh, seven, $726 million. I'm not going to go through all of the stats here. Ticket sales, uh, ticket sales revenue. So they're already predicting ticket sales from, from, uh, from, from one source. So that's a $990 million. Uh, 2023, right? Uh, 1.16 billion dollars. So anyway, total revenues uh, for the Olympics in 2032, Jason. 
It's going to be roughly $4.5 billion. That's the total revenue. And, uh, mate, that's that's pretty astounding. These these guys must be guns at what they do. They must have some propeller heads, math, math, math geniuses sitting behind there, spinning their little caps, flying at a million miles an hour. So we all we know that profit is sanity uh, and revenue is vanity, right? So it's not about the size of things in the locker room, as you say, Jace. It's about <laughs> uh, it's about the end result. So we need to know what we're going to spend here. And so let's just jump down here for a little bit. You couldn't, you couldn't, but you couldn't, you couldn't write this stuff better than what we're seeing right about now. Like this, this is hilarious. This is every business owner that's ever jumped into business with a sure thing modeled it pretty much the same way. And mate, I, I must admit, I haven't delved too much into the detail, but uh, when it walks like a duck, uh, sounds like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? And this is a fucking duck. Fair income, this is a duck. <laughs> So we've got from? anyway. Where did it come from? <laughs> it's uh, this. Okay, let me just get the uh, the statistics here. It's from IOC, uh, Future Host Commission. Uh-huh. That's the source. That's the source. I sorry. So we, we're going to make four point five, but we need to spend four point five. You've you've already busted me up here. So <laughs> have a look at this. Have a look at this. So total revenues four point five zero eight billion dollars. All right, total expenditure four point five four point five zero eight billion dollars. <laughs> Was that published anywhere? I think someone just copied and pasted and accidentally put, put the wrong numbers in, Andy. <laughs> uh, jump on! It's uh, totally available at uh, abc.net.au. Uh, these are live statistics that are out in the world at the moment. And uh, mate, I just thought this is absolutely hilarious. So this is oh, the su- sustainable Olympics. And well, let's oh, start on the uh, down to the dollar. We we didn't make more than we spent. That's perfect, isn't it? That's balance, anyway. <laughs> but I, I I sincerely hope we are doing this show in in twenty thirty two, and I'll go back to our old slide deck from right back here, and we'll have a look. We'll line up these revenues and actually see where they where they sit. I reckon on one of these lines, Jace, either the top line of revenue or the bottom line of expenditure. I reckon we shift the decimal point one spot to the right. And we might be a little bit closer to the mark. Let's see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Jace, the Sustainable Olympics. You've read it there, black and white. ABC brought it out. IOC statistics. Uh, pretty much, it's going to cost us exactly uh, what it's uh, what it's going to make us. So the Sustainable Olympics, zero financial emissions from this, Jason. And, I like it. Uh, I like it, mate. It's going to be the that's Green how, Olympics. <laughs> that's how every business has started on the back of a napkin. I just thought that was hilarious. But uh, let's get into some of the the, the real stuff. Uh, and so th- this is a lot of what's in the news. And we're going to talk a lot about inflation. We're going to talk a lot about supply chains through the uh, through this year because it's just so important and it relates so much to investing out there. And you're going to just get so much BS. And so what I'd really like to do, and I, I don't have the crystal ball. Let me tell you that. I don't have the crystal ball. But what I do have is an ability to be able to read the data and be able to analyze and be able to start to ask some reasonable questions in and around, is this true? So let's have a little bit of a look around here. Uh, So Bureau of Statistics, hopefully a reasonably credible source. Uh, Jace, hopefully you're happy with that one. Fingers crossed. Yep, yep. Uh, Consumer Price Index, Rose 0.8% in the June quarter, uh, according to the data from the 
uh, Bureau of Statistics head uh, of principal statistics at the ABS, Michelle, said rising fuel prices accounted for much of the increase in the June quarter CPI uh, with passing uh, with prices surpassing pre-pandemic levels. Uh, this isn't sensationalist. The most significant price rises in June quarter were automotive fuel plus 6.5% and medical and hospital services at a plus 2.4% uh, due to the annual increase in private health insurance premiums. Have a listen to that one. Due to the annual increase in private health insurance premiums. All right, so we've already heard this statistic being bandied around about the, the cost on the medical system. We're talking about the insurance premiums here, not the medical system. Right. All right. There is a difference between the two. Electricity prices rose 3.3% because it's winter, Jason. That's where we make money, uh, at least down in the southern states. You guys have always got your air conditioners running up there. Uh, they also uh, uh, rose due to continued unwinding. Uh, the Western Australian government's $600 electricity credits to try and help out the pedestrians on the street. So, what I wanted to just start to preface here. Uh, with some of this uh, data is because when we talk about inflation, uh, we're, we're given it as a basket of goods. And so CPI is a basket of goods, right? So if we if we have a look at it, and, and I'll, I'll just flick across here, right? So whoops, um, I was meant to go somewhere else with that, but um, let's just jump across here. So it's a basket of goods. So you might have petrol, you might have, th these are common things that you'll use in your house, right? So you might have food, you might have electricity. And what they do is they grab all of these things that are representative of what you would use rent, you know, property prices, uh, of what your Australian consumer is, is consuming. And they go, are, are these things going up? Are they going down? Like, what direction are they going? And on average, are they trending in an upwards direction or are they trending in a downwards direction? And what they do is, based on this basket of goods, which is meant to represent what consumers actually uh, consume over the course of a year, uh, they put them all together and they say, well, okay, so are, uh, is the world becoming more or less expensive? Is the world becoming more or less expensive over the last quarter? Or is Australia becoming more or less expensive over the last so, quarter? So the short-term answer and is yes, it has been, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes, it has been. But, but there's, there's deeper questions that we need to be asking when it comes to this. And, and this, this is where you've got to start to dissect it, right? Because has our average bastard of, basket of goods, on average, all of them gone up? Well, it depends it's on the list, question. Andy. It depends on the list. And... What's making them go up, right? We talked about this last week. Folks, when you're listening in right now, it's like, is this the regular increase of this demand from a regular marketplace or is it an irregular marketplace where, Andy was saying, supply chains and supply systems are severely hampered, if not like like just out of action? Um, and uh, I saw a stat right now that secondhand car sales uh, have increased 13%. Uh, the value of secondhand cars is 13% in the last 12 months. And Mate, I'd um, argue that it's more like 25% because apparently they used to lose 20% when you drove them out the lot, but you yeah. and I both bought cars and we could have sold them the next day from brand new. We could have sold them secondhand for more than what we bought them for. Mate, number one rule you and I have heard for the for 20 years is don't buy a brand new car and if you do, you're going to lose value that day, right? And now it's like, well, buy a secondhand car 
keep it for a year, it's gone up in value, any car. Like, so it's crazy times, right? So that's not normal or is it the normal for the future? You know, what, what's the question? What's the answer? And, and, and that, that, that is just the perfect point to illustrate what everyone should be listening to and the questions that they should be asking themselves rather than believing the headline rhetoric that comes out. Now, this is ABS data. This is, this is sort of a factual basket of goods, but you're going to read this in the headlines. Inflation causes X, and I'm going to show you the, 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 the effects of, of people getting scared about inflation, but we really need to understand. Drove down Main Street, Main Street, Mornington, yesterday afternoon, had a haircut, Jason, just, just for today. Looking sharp, uh, Andy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Feel sharp. Feel sharp today. The first time, first time I've seen this, I think ever, maybe when I was a kid, don't know, but uh, I saw, <laughs> it's hilarious, mate. I saw out the front of Mazda a big placard, cash for cars. Cash for cars, baby. Yeah. Cash for cars. Out the, <laughs> outside of a reputable, reputable dealer, dealership, cash for cars. Cash for cars. <laughs> Yeah, the druggies were lining up in Bob. No, just joking. But, uh, cash for cars. It's an unprecedented supply yeah. chain interruption that has yeah. happened that has caused, sh- and here's the thing, short-term. Short-term, temporary. Short-term. Yeah. Maybe medium, maybe medium-term, depends on your definition of time, mm. right? but short-term to medium-term disruption into normal business operations. Yeah. And as investors and as business owners, we need to be able to see through this and understand what is the longer-term ramifications of this. And what I'm going to also take you through is where the opportunities come from this. That's right? what we Because like. this is the other great thing. As business owners and investors, if we can see through this, we can, A, stop ourselves from making stupid mistakes. When it drops, you sell, gone. But also to be able to take the initiative of if you're sitting on the edge and it drops because what I'm about to show you, they go, I'm in because I'm not listening to this white noise of horse manure that is coming through where everyone's trying to scare and fearmonger you uh, based on, on statistics that don't properly represent. So the key to take away from this is what 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 is short-term interruptions? And we spoke about this last week, Jace, it was... Uh, Cost of materials going through the roof. Stuff can't get to our country, so the stuff that can't get to our country is going to go up in value because there's less of it around and there's more people who want it. That's yeah. as simple as it is. Demand yeah. pushes the cost of things up. Yep, and here's the market is getting in on it. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love it, but I don't love it. You know, get in now because your presents won't. There won't be presents in December. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. It's a great marketing tactic as well. Like, so totally. people on the other yeah. side, Jace looking at doing some Renault stuff around here for the office and a few other things and chatting with uh, one of my clients uh, who's a, who's a, a very, very reputable uh, uh, supplier of building resources. Uh, if you're out there, you know who you are, Simon Sharon, not to mention any names, uh, <laughs> legends. And they were talking about two more price increases factored in for the next two quarters on all of the materials. And they are, they're, they're doing great and getting their hands on what they need in order to supply it out there, but it's going up. And the reason it's why it's up. going up yep. is not because a tree is more expensive to grow, Jason. That's the long-term relationship. If, if timber goes up, it's because a tree is getting more expensive to grow over time 
or it's in short uh, short supply. And at the moment, it's in short supply because we can't get it to the country and there's some other things behind there as well as far as fires and things globally um, yep. that also play into it. But let's can we chat about oil for a tick? Let's do it, Mandy. What's going on with oil? All right. So this is just the perfect storm, Jason. <laughs> People like me love this stuff, right? We, we really do because so – uh, long and short, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase and, and use inaccuracies because it's coming from the Fenton perspective, but people go, oh, okay, so timber's getting more expensive, houses are getting more expensive. Houses are getting more expensive for two different reasons, right, and, and possibly multiple other reasons, right, behind that, the construction of new ones. But, uh, but then they go, so, oh, inflation's running hot. You know, everything's getting more expensive. Should the Fed Reserve lift interest rates? The answer is no, by the way, in my opinion, in my opinion. Uh, and also so probably the Fed in the US and also the RBA. But the, the reason why we're not doing it we need Andy. Yep. Keep going. is we've got to look at other things. So uh, oil prices. So we've got to look. Why is oil becoming so expensive? It's not supply chain. Well, it is, but it's not. It's an argument that happened between the sheiks and the, the Americans around about 18 months ago, and I think that we even reported on it at the point in time because uh, US, which is, uh, which is mostly... Uh, uh, shale oil, uh, no, fracture. Gosh, I've just forgotten the term. But they, they use a different technology in the US to get most of the oil out of the ground, fracture technology, which is more expensive to produce it. And anyway, they had a little bit of a knock them down, drag them out with the sheiks over in, uh, over in Dubai and the, the Emirates, and, and they tried to go toe-to-toe. Uh, this was Trump going toe-to-toe. And ultimately, they just said, nah, and they, 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 they turned on the taps and they flooded the market with fuel and the pandemic hit and everyone stopped driving. So the stockpiles grew, everyone turned off the taps, everyone stopped driving, petrol was just dirt cheap, but there is a time between when you switch the tap back on and when it hits the market. And we're in one of those unique quarters, Jason, where there's a few things that are firing together here and globally, it's no different globally, there are a few things that are firing together that are distorting our inflation. And, and look, again, this is just my research and my data, but it's distorting the CPI over a short period of time. So you're going to hear inflation spikes, not for any other reason other than there was an argument about 18 months ago, there was a bit of what we'd call a, a trade war, and now there's a shortage, but there's not a shortage of oil. But there's also a supply chain interruption, which means that it's getting it's compounding that time between when they turn the pumps back on and when it comes to our pocket. Yeah. So the overarching theme here is that right now we have multiple different industries. I've named two at the moment that have synthetic uh, CPI increases that are happening, but over the other side. Because it's so dramatic on one side, on the other side, it's actually falling. And the result of these supply chains uh, equalizing, getting switched back on, means that one will suffer and the other one will take back over. And as investors, what we, what we need to be vigilant and as business owners as well, what we need to be looking for is the effect that this will have because it most probably will impact on markets because it always does. And, and Jace, we, we spoke about this once upon a time. Uh, I think it was 2000 and I think it was 2008 when the world said, Jesus, Greece isn't going to pay down its debt. It's not going to pay back its debt bill. 
and so the market capitulated. Uh, t- sorry, it was yeah, t- two thousand. Where are we? Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. The I was going to say, Greek, that was the Greek, DFC, Andy. Yeah, the, 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 the wrong, the long, the wrong the one. Long global financial crisis. <laughs> the, the most recent uh, major correction that we had in the, in the Australian markets was based on uh, this this huge publicity thing that uh, the Greece hadn't paid back its debt. But let me let me tell you one thing, Jace. They haven't paid back their debt for the last twenty five years <laughs> <laughs> beforehand. But all of a sudden, it was the uh, there was also some stuff happening in China. They linked together and they created a massive distortion in markets. And what happened is, boom, markets distorted, came down aggressively in that March period, and I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, 2018. Getting too old, Jace, there's too many numbers in between uh, my experience these days. 2018 corrected rapidly. So the key that we need to be looking for, and uh, and I'll and I'll just give you a little bit of a long term look. I know I'm getting a little bit long winded here, Jace, but cut, this cut is to the, the chase, Andy. Cut to the chase. <laughs> this is the inflation rate since 1986 uh, here in Australia, and so oh, you can zoom see in, zoom in on that, Andy. I want to have a look at that. There we go. Who would have thunk it? Jesus, nine percent inflation. Nine percent inflation. Unbelievable. Ooh. But let's have a look at realistically where we're sitting in the scheme of inflation here in Australia. All right, so we're sitting here, it's 2020, which are sort of actual numbers here. This is the IMF, so this is International Monetary Fund, very reliable source of statistics. And uh, as we sit here at 2020, yes, we've bottomed out. You know, 2021, we're we're back in and around that sort of 1%. Are we over long-term averages? No, I'd say that we're nowhere near it. Certainly a lot less volatile. Yep. So getting to the point, Jace, so that I don't bore everybody with my statistics. <laughs> and with, you love the, good stat. I love it, Andy. With, with, uh, with, with a little bit of a, an, an example of exactly what I was talking about because here's the thing. When we see inflation start to rise uh, and the expectation of inflation rising, that 10-year bond curve goes up. And what is a 10-year bond curve? Great question, Jace. It is uh, – it's when – so – it is the cost of money over the long term, the expected yeah. cost of money 10 years down the track, right? So the 10-year bonds become more expensive if they believe inflation is going to kick in because what that means is that interest rates need to go up to counter for the inflation. But just have a look at that, right? In, 20, in 2021, it absolutely took off like a rocket. Uh, I, I couldn't quite do the numbers, but about 80% increase which is a big move. Like, look at the level of that over time was a big move and look where it's coming, Jace. It's coming back mm-hmm. almost yeah. to exactly where it was. Yeah. And so when it comes to the great inflation debate, where it's going to go is where it's going to go. But what we need to be aware of as investors uh, is how that's going to impact it on us. And I, I want to keep drumming at home because you hear so much of it in the news. Uh Inflation concerns mean that property prices are going to fall. Inflation concerns mean that interest rates are going to go up. RBA came back out again. Not 2023 anymore, 2024 is their expectation for low interest rates. Mm. Right Now, nobody holds their RBA accountable to their decisions, but yeah, ultimately Alison's loving, it, to be- Alison's loving your, your, your stuff, mate. Keep it rolling, she said. 
<laughs> uh, well, probably a few of my friends would be saying that well, Andy's not a doctor of anything, uh, <laughs> let alone economics, uh, and and they'd be right. But uh, I've been wrong more than you. Just uh, the, not you, Jace, but, uh, but most of the, most of my most of my economics friends out there. Uh, that's the master of being able to be wrong every year and still have a job. That's uh, still have that's a job. The, yeah, yeah. What job do you have if you get if if you're always wrong? And you're still in the news and you still get to keep your job? An economist. I'm an economist. <laughs> I love That's it. so key. So key. And, Jace, I actually see this to be a real darling bud because, look, do I think the property prices are going to correct at some point in time and possibly overshoot? I reckon they will. I re- or, or here's the thing. I reckon if they do uh, correct, they will overshoot because it almost always does. And what could happen is you, you could be on a good, good rising trend and 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 the same is absolutely true of the stock market. It's just going to happen faster. Like it'll happen really fast in the stock market. You will see it. Mark my words. We will still be talking, Jace. We'll go. Oh my God, it's happening! Look at it. It's happening. It's Bond yields will go up. <laughs> the market will come down, and there will be people who go. This is the beginning of the end. Uh, and then there will be the people who try and look through it and start to understand. Well, is the basket of goods all of them? Are they all going in the wrong direction or is there a little bit of a, a, a change in the way that things are happening and we need those supply chains to equalise? And if they do, where's the world going? And I think that it's a really important question that everyone should be considering moving forward uh, because I see this fundamentally changing uh, the invest or fundamentally changing people's lives if they get it on the wrong side. Yep, yep, certainly. And, mate, um, you know, circle around just quickly, uh, 100% every Every growth cycle that I've been involved in in the 22 years of property investing, the property prices overshoot. They do. They don't stop on a dime. They have momentum. Uh, and right now, that momentum's being supported by, you called it uh, synthetic reasons. You know, right now, there are synthetic reasons for the property pricing being in such hot demand. And, um, you know, multiple reasons in, in different places, you know depending on where you are. But the one that's the most uh, effective right now is the the lowness, the the cheapness of interest. Like it, money is like almost free. And while when you have a look at the, the what we call it a yield compression, you know, your affordability, when the interest rate is 5% and you're earning $100,000 and now the interest rate is 3% and you're earning $100,000, nothing happened to your salary but your ability to service more debt just went up $100,000. And uh, in the reverse, what happens also when pricing adjusts, if the interest rates go up 8% or 2%, the next round of purchases cannot buy in at the new price that was set. They can't buy in at $600,000. They have to buy in at $500,000, even though they would like to have bought in at $600,000. And now that new price gets set. And um, my um, my conversation to everyone is the saving grace could be in this gig that would be, we, we would call it a soft landing for property prices overshooting, could be that for the first time in, you know, eight, ten years, uh, salaries and wages could rise. Um, and that's what we're all wanting to see. I know the government's underlying sort of, pushes to sort of let's get you know wages up um, because that can be the trigger for all sorts of other things 
Um, but certainly, Andy, it, it overshoots. Property prices overshoot because they have too much momentum. They just keep going. And right now, it's kind of like there's no hill. It's a it's a flat road because you know interest rates aren't very high and money's too cheap. You know, at the end of the day, Harry asked this question, which I might sort of circle around to before I jump into what's in the news for me. But do we think the property boom will last longer than previous? I think so, Harry. Um, a, a few reasons, that depending on where you are, money will stay cheap a long time until you know. Uh, supposedly 2024 and maybe even beyond. Uh, what what may happen along the way is uh, wages may rise. They might try and keep up with inflation because hey, listen, you're a used car salesman, and now your your average commission's up 25 percent because used cars are sales are up 25 percent. Like think of that stuff, uh, folks. Again, it might not be sustainable long term. Like Andy said, it might be synthetic, but unfortunately. Whether we like it or not, it flows through into what people will pay in the price of a real estate. So I think this boom will last a bit longer, Harry. There's certainly no um, uh, no supply um, comfort in sight, okay? There's no big supply chain delivery happening in the major cities. So, so folks, like we are in the, the worst undersupply of brand new residential real estate Australia has ever seen in history. Nobody's reporting on it right now um, because – we're in COVID times and because like, oh, yeah, why would anyone be building right now? No one's coming here, right? But it, it actually started way before COVID. It actually started in 2018 when APRA's investigation into, um, you know, the, the finance world just poleaxed the world of property investors. Property investors bring on brand new properties. I've talked about this before. Uh, and, Harry, in a few places, certainly I believe, Brisbane and Andy was joking about the the Olympics, but you know, Brisbane Brisbane hasn't had a hasn't had a run for almost eight years. It's getting its run right now. It's also like a a poster child for you know move to Brisbane or move to Southeast Queensland and COVID won't be a problem. Like internally in Australia, it's also the the cheapest or the lowest cost average house price on the east coast of Australia. It is. Um, 50% cheaper than Sydney, 40% cheaper than Canberra and uh, Melbourne, average house price for the same income, folks. And then now you've got the Olympics, right? So And then, you know, cheap low interest rates for another two or three years uh, potentially. So, Harry, I think it will. Uh, I think it will be in areas where affordability is still, you know, well under the million dollar mark I, I think the run will last longer in places like brisbane than it will in melbourne or sydney um but um you know that's my my tip on it mate um so yeah yeah it it i, I think well right now um which which shoots to my um you know my what's in the news andy as we as we have a bit of a look just just before you you jump off there jace because i i think you, you've almost re- misrepresented me or maybe i said it wrong um <laughs> Is that uh, when I said synthetic, uh, synthetic manipulation? I, I meant synthetic manipulation, or sorry, synthetic adjustment based on supply chain. Yes. So, and and that was for new house, new houses. Is that because, uh, like, like you know, like I tell you many times, I don't know jack about property, but what I do know is a lot about the cost of materials and the cost of goods over time, and it's that supply chain interruption that is that synthetic. Uh, increase in the construction cost yes. of, yeah, of yeah. houses and yep. construction costs of renovations and things like that. So that's a synthetic kicker that will 
even out over a little bit of a period of time. And uh, and so we'll that that part will stop to have a play sometime over the next two years at some point yeah. in time. And it'll be interesting well, to see what plays out after that. Well, and, and also you reminded me just one little part of Harry's question was, you know, um, given immigration is still to come. Harry, mate, you wait till immigration rolls into Australia when it comes to, you know, property. You know, we the, the government has to catch up. And you watch, we will have record immigration from people with money. You know, the Australian government won't let, you know, excuse the French, no hopers in. They'll let people in with money and people won't want to flow into Australia with cash. You know, and and moving from London, where the average apartment price is two point one million dollars, and you can buy one for seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, and it's twice as big. You know, they they're just going to come in with strong currency, strong cash. Um, you you watch that that'll be another kicker also. Um, as as we kick into it, Andy. So you you just reminded me of you know another little sort of you know thing that's sort of sitting in the winds for us all. Um, when it comes to that thing. It's, there's so much that's happening around us at the moment yeah. and there's so much that's not being reported on because yeah. it's, it, it's all a little bit grey, but it's it's the devil's in the detail and and that's where we need to be looking, absolutely yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Harry's right, especially the world seeing Australia quite, you know, in, in the scheme of things, quite a safe place when it comes to the pandemic. You know, Australia and New Zealand, real estate, you know, a lot of a lot of people say, well, maybe I'll grab myself a, a bit of you know safe real estate to to run to if I need to. So I, I think that's all going to have an effect, and uh, the supply chain. Uh, you know, I've chatted with you guys about this before. If we wanted to get the supply chain up and running, Andy, it's going to take three to five years. It, even if we said, right, everyone at the start line, right, we're at the lowest supply, the apartment supply Brisbane has seen for nine years right now. Um, uh, it like it's insane. It's insane. And are they like, even focusing on it now? Like, are they? Are they? No. The question would be: are, are they distracted by the pandemic? And this is and and yep. the lack and the paralysis <laughs> is actually happening right now because they they don't seem to be doing anything behind the scenes. The pollies at the moment. I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but they're doing fuck all. Let's face well, it. Allegedly, well, there's nothing that they're all. doing that's proactive other than making it worse, right? So what they've done is they go, hey, everyone have some free money. All that's done is is brought out, uh, you know, a 10-year, uh, uh, in one year, a 10-year supply of purchasers who, who never wanted to take action, but now the government gave away free money and they're like, yeah, fuck it, we're in. I've got 20 grand of my super out um, over COVID, Plus, the government's going to give me $25,000. I won't pay any stamp duty and also probably get another first home buyer a bonus. Like, literally, the millennials got free houses. Like, it, it, all the smart Apparently ones. Apparently, they were stressed, Jace. <laughs> Apparently, they were stressed out. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was crazy times. Anyway, but yeah, I think there's, there's a bit more to run. Certainly, it will be area specific. You know, Melbourne and Sydney will have different experiences to Brisbane and so on. But, you know, overall, there's still more momentum in the property market um, and especially if interest rates stay low. That, that is the big kicker for the moment um, as, we, as we roll into it. So, And, and just, um, just to top that up, inflation is the thing that they're going to throw around to scare you about interest rates uh, yeah, because ultimately yeah. inflation is going to be one of the key drivers that everyone's looking at and, and that they're going to say moves the interest rates. But the Reserve Bank and the Federal Reserves are becoming smarter 
and certainly having a longer-term perspective on what is real inflation uh, because they're actually scared about lifting interest rates as well because if they lift them too sharply, then they will have dramatic short-term effects on the economy and that will be a, a negative synthetic distortion. They're more aware of that now than they ever have been. So it looks like it's just me, Jace. I think I might be chatting by myself. So if you're out there in uh, in the land of wealth, wine and wisdom, just give us a little bit of a kick. Let us know whether you can still hear Jason. <laughs> are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Something went wrong. So uh, can you hear me, Andy? Am I back? <laughs> uh, you, you're back, mate. You're back. I can hear you. A little bit bitty, but uh, I think the, the quality is increasing. Wow. Yeah, the network connection um, did something. I'm, I'm on the Ethernet. Um, which is uh, which is a bizarre one. So uh, he's back. There we go. Harry says, "Fingers, fingers crossed. Um, it all all happens. Maybe one of my children are down there uh, um, downloading some something uh, in, in the house." <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. Well, listen. Um, uh, let me let me sort of show you a few of the things sort of in the news for me. Uh, you know, NAB. You know, dwelling price forecast. You know, it looking like good times ahead in 2021, and I think that'll flow into 2022. It, it's nothing we didn't already know, folks. This one for sure. Just take and, us through the headline numbers there, Jace, because they're a little bit distorted. So uh, read through. It looks like Sydney expectations 3.1 percent. What are we looking at here? We're, we're sort of halfway through 2021. Sydney's already had a good run, 20 plus percent. Where you know it's delivering. Melbourne growth also. Brisbane, so you know um, Adelaide, Hobart in the twenties. Like you know, most of the Australian capital cities uh, didn't have Canberra in there. Funnily enough, but uh, Canberra's absolutely crushed it. Mm. Um, if we have a look at this, I can show you right now. Um, house prices in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Canberra, and Hobart hit record highs. Record. Check this one out. Um, as we have a look at um, a little bit of a live play on what's going on melbourne and canberra have reached the average million dollar house price uh in uh the last little bit million bucks there you go folks 1.4 million yep look at canberra that is now equals and you have a look at brisbane have a look at brisbane yeah look, it's, it's it's catching up in the race number four um adelaide and perth you know they, they keep swapping around but you have a look at this. Where does it finish the race? You check it out when it comes to this little bit here. 1.4 million. Divide that by two. That's 700,000. Brisbane is is actually 45% the average house price of Sydney right now, folks. Um, and you have got Canberra and Melbourne, you know. But, you know, a couple of the dark horses there, Andy. I, I think a dark horse um, is Perth. Um, and uh, what do I think that? Well, interestingly enough, when you have a look at a few things that are going out in the marketplace, um, actually, I've got a little, got a little something that I wouldn't mind, uh, wouldn't mind sharing with everyone. Uh, let me see. I don't know why that's not doing its behaving now. It's all, it's all being a bit strange here, Andy. My tech's gone a bit, bit uh, ghost in the machine. But um, it, check it might out. be. It might be where we're, we're telling the truth, so we might have to put on a tinfoil hat, <laughs> mate. They, they, they might be targeting us, Andy. Well, check this out. Labor's ended the six-year 
policy of, uh, you know, chasing negative gearing. No shit, Nick Tracy. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone saw the latest headline that in New South Wales alone, Andy, in the last 12 months, $9.6 billion collected in stamp duty. Whoa. Uh, New South Wales alone, right? Because we're in a property boom. Why would anyone, anyone want to mess with that revenue in the next oh, mate, little bit? Huh? It is, it is yeah. it's short-sighted bullshit and it's, it's they look for the, but it, it's, it's what, are, what are they? Are they moray fish that just suck onto the sharks and, and, and clean the, uh, the fodder? That's it. It's, but it's, it's a bet. I'll, I'll give you a tip of what they could do if they wanted to make more revenue, they make more money and cost Australians less. Right, make more money and cost Australians it. But get get rid of capital gains tax. Get rid of the bloody thing. Uh, like I'm a fan of tea. If you use it, you pay the tax. If you don't, then fine. You know, spark um, up the, the GST and spark up the. You can even maintain the stamp duty that you promised to get rid of about 20 years ago that you didn't yeah, get rid when of. When you brought in GST, they promised to get rid of stamp duty because they brought GST in. But if you just if all you did is is enabled people to to transact property faster, faster in there. So stop putting all of these these barriers in place. Imagine if you could transact in and out of the property market uh, quickly. Yes, you've got your stamp duties, but if you get rid of the, these capital gains tax or give larger capital gains tax, tax discounts, you, you end up with people not sitting on their property because of the fear of the capital gains that sits behind them. You could and actually... about this, right? And this, it's just another way, like property becomes, again, one of those places often where very wealthy people park wealth because, there's, because the, the, the loosening of that wealth isn't, um, isn't worth it. It makes, makes it like, oh, well, look at some home or that house or this, look at the tax I would pay. Um, and it's a stupid disincentive system as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, when it comes to our economy long term. So thankfully, for the moment anyway, for the moment, gang, uh, you know, the negative gearing rubbish and capital gains tax, no one's no one's looking to attack it at this point in time. So, you know, we shall see, Andy. We shall see. But we shall see. But, you know, supposedly, you talked about this before, and probably inflation it is, you know, um, you know, housing bubble goes global. It's it's affecting the, the global positioning and situation uh, in America right now. There's a construction boom as well. Many countries around the world are, are stimulating their economies, economies by, you know, uh, doing um, some sort of incentives when it comes to construction or, or housing or property. And, um, you know, that's all happening when it comes to your inflation figures in, in relation to that. But I thought this one was interesting. Uh, the largest full-year dividend paid by Rio Tinto um, in over 148 years. I think Ooh, I don't yeah. know that, that's in history. Have a look at that, folks. You know, in the middle of a pandemic, how, how does how, the world, the worst pandemic the world's ever seen, uh, how does that work? How does that happen, you know? And so behind the scenes, Andy, like, like you said, there are things going on. We get sort of, you know, caught up with, I don't know, maybe some um, interesting of, you know, someone's tale about something, but, you know, these stories, which are amazing stories, are happening right under our nose. 
Well, and and le- even if we just strip it back to the basics, and look, we should we should probably have a little bit of a session on that because the banks are all doing buybacks. It's in the news at the moment, and people are yeah. probably sitting there going, "What the f- is a buyback?" Uh, but here's the thing: when they're, they're going to investors are going to profit significantly from the bank buybacks that are happening right now. Um, too late to get in; it's already in in motion. You might be able to get in a little bit, but I'm not telling you to do that. Uh, but it's a function, and let's strip it right back to the basics, Jace. If you and I were back at primary school, and you know the days when you were back at school and you used to barter around, somebody had nunchucks, somebody had some bubble gum or something like that, and you, <laughs> you used to have the old black market trade at school. Yeah. And generally lunch money was, what, $1 or $2 or something back then that you used to get. So, so that pretty much dictated the cost of the goods, didn't it? It did. It did. So, and this report's really old now. It's a, a report by uh, McKinsey, uh, uh, Australian, uh, as, or actually, no, McKinsey International, I think it is. So, the $10 trillion rescue package of governments. Now, this is dated. So, there's more money that's gone out there $10 trillion. $10 trillion, with a T, Jace, $10 trillion. So, does, is that not going to lift a new uh, base level of goods into the future? And I think that what the other thing we don't ask ourselves the question is what's the new norm? What's the new level, right? Because when you push, if you all of a sudden gave us $50 for our lunch money, Jace, at school, how much do you reckon that bubble gum would cost that you couldn't get at the school tuck shop? <laughs> You'd sell it for a small fortune, wouldn't you? You would, you would. <laughs> and that would be the new normal. And so we need to start to think about this stuff. And you're going to see it in financial markets like Rio, like the banks doing their buybacks now. They're going to start buying back shares and distributing a uh, significant amount of capital gains to, to their, their investors out there. So, mates, uh, uh, Rio, good pickup. Good pickup, absolutely. And, uh, you know, playing right into where you're at, you know, the banks are not only doing buybacks, but they're shutting down branches and, and minimizing their costs now. You know, Call me a cynic, you know. This is probably the great, the a perfect time for, for for something that they've wanted to do for a long time, under the guise of you know, um, you know, COVID and all sorts of stuff. And again, again, folks, you know, it'll go to their bottom line. It'll go to their share price. Ultimately, you know, these manoeuvres, you know, they didn't come down the last hour. You know, these these people who run these businesses. And at the end of the day, you want them to be profitable. That's an important part of any business. Um, but, yeah, you know, the smart, the, Andy, the smart people making the right manoeuvres at the right time, you know, the media makes noise about, let's be honest, shit we don't need to pay attention to. It's the thing they're not making the noise about yes. is the things that we want to be keep an eye on, Yes, right, learn from. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And a shout-out. To all our brothers and sisters uh, in New South, New South Wales. Wales, yep, yep. You know, um, there are plenty of support in the banking system. I do have to give. I like I beat the banks up a lot, but I do have to give them. I, I tip my hat to them for how they have treated, by and large, people throughout the pandemic. So if you're there in New South Wales, you're struggling, gang. Call your lender. Call your bank. Um, they will support you. And if they don't, you call me and Andy and I'll give you a hand to bloody give them a hide and to make sure that they do Yeah. Um, because the lenders are giving people a hand uh, at this time. So a um, bit of a shout-out to you guys just to make sure you don't feel like you're alone out there. Um, you know, take care in that sort of 
stressful time when it comes to you know those sorts of things as as and, we roll along. And understand that it's it's actually your right to be able to do it as well. And and as much as Jace has given the the banks a pat on the back, uh, it's part of the politicians who have sat there and negotiated with the banks and basically said, well, we will assist your funding in in giving the gap there. So a rare time where Jason and I'll pat the banks and the, the politicians <laughs> on the back but honestly it's it's there for you and so for you for your friends for those people that you know in business you would be shocked if you're listening to this and you know business owners out there or know people who have lost jobs because of what's going on in Sydney at the moment you would be shocked about how little they know about what we're talking about right now so uh, let them know yep. Have the conversation, as Jason and I always talk about. We we, we love to talk about uh, sex, politics, religion, money. Uh, it's it's all of the important things. I think the reason why people don't like to talk about them is maybe they fall short in some of them, <laughs> or they don't want us to be talking about it because they're on the wrong end of the stick. Pardon the pun, but uh, but ultimately, I think these are the things that we should be talking about because. Ultimately, they they pretty much govern the way that we operate uh, in in life. We need to demystify, desensitise. You know, they're really important conversations. And right now, folks, if you're listening in New South Wales or otherwise, um, and you're having some challenges in your financial space and world, certainly business owners, there are mechanisms, guys. There are mechanisms, gang. And maybe Andy, you know, it would be great to get um, you know some of our um, advisors that we know back in the next couple of weeks. You know, specifically for the New South Wales crew, potentially, uh, when it comes to the world of safe harbouring, restructuring, protecting yourself. You know, ladies and gents, you know the world of uh, entrepreneurialism and and starting businesses and being a property investor. You know, th- there's risks that you take, and there are things that can happen, e.g., COVID, that are out of your control. And the laws and the processes are actually there to protect you. There's actually some good ones. But many people don't know. Um, often, many um, advisors of business owners don't know either. And certainly, Andy and I, um, unfortunately, the School of Hard Knocks have taught us, me and Andy, a few uh, tough lessons, a few uppercuts, and uh, uh, and so on. But certainly, anyone in New South Wales you're struggling, reach out to myself or Andy. Um, but we might bring a couple of advisors on in the next couple of weeks. Andy might be really appropriate to talk about that yeah. stuff. I think so. I, th- I think yep. it's for me. It's unusual going through this uh, this time because last time it was pretty heavy, Victoria, and uh, and look, we're out this weekend, and uh, to a degree, we've still got pretty harsh conditions. We can go out to a pub, Jace, but we can't go to a friend's place, um, which is uh, don't ever get me started. But I feel <laughs> for everyone in Sydney because we we've been there, we've gone through it, and unfortunately, yep. it doesn't look like there's any good times soon. Uh, and realistically, this was the reason why we started this, Jason and I. This was, uh, and and a lot of it was Jace supporting me through when when you know I was facing it as a business owner down here, lockdown. What does it all mean? Trying to support my clients and uh, and not having my team instant accessibility around me, and and now our, our capadres in in New South Wales. And we're not like Queen, Queenslanders down here in Victoria. We like people in New South Wales. Uh, we don't have the equivalent of the Maroons down in Victoria. We have the Storm, uh, and they win shit too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but ultimately, uh, it, we're here. So so the, the, the key thing is here, and I'd love for you guys to just start whacking it into the chat now. If you've got a business owner friend, if you've got people who are struggling, put it in the chat, which is 
the comments field of whatever social platform that you're on. Uh, Brandon, if you're out there, please keep that filthy stuff to yourself. We don't want any more of that stuff coming through our feed. We, we've got an interesting personality that likes to give some interesting commentary. I hope that nobody's seen it. But, uh, but just whack it in the chat box now, the things that, uh, that, that are coming up with the business owner, friends of yours, or as you as a business owner in New South Wales, investor, whatever the case may be, start peppering us so that we can get our uh, team our A team of contacts in order to be able to come back to you guys and, and support you, support your friends. Uh, I think, Jace, based on that, we'll get a, a good friend of ours, Dermot McVeigh, back on. I'm sure that uh, if, yeah, if, I think, if time I think will allow, he'll come back on. Dermot was pivotal uh, and, uh, and certainly on my side of the equation helped uh, two business owners uh, basically still be allowed to have businesses now. Uh, otherwise, they would have gone to the wall. They just, there's a whole raft of things that they didn't know existed that uh, that he lifted the veil on. I'm not even sure that he, he actually professionally helped them. He just, he, he uncovered the curtain and allowed them to know what it was that they could do and, uh, and then they implemented on the back of it. So uh, I mirror what you say, Jace. There is a raft of stuff that you don't know, not you, Jace, but and there's a stuff that you don't know and there's stuff that I don't know, but there's, for most yeah. business owners out there, there is the whole world and what they know is 2% of what's possible and uh, and getting access to how do we get out of this rather than just the dark wall of we can't pay the bills. There's so many more options that sit behind there and you don't know it until you know it and quite often uh, you don't know it until it's too late. So let's see if we can bring that hindsight forward. So if you know business owners, get them to come along. This isn't a promotional pitch. We just love chatting regardless and we, we love you guys listening in. But feed us what you need to know by questions into the chat or into our messengers and, uh, and we'll bring the right people on. You'll literally grab the, you know, the billion-dollar uh, refidex of, uh, of Jason and I and, um, and we'll, we'll bring that in and we'll try and help you guys through this as best as we possibly can, especially all the team there in New South Wales. Absolutely, mate. Well said, well said. Well, folks, um I think uh, I think that'd be uh, a nice segue to put a pin in it, um, and so uh, a couple of good shout outs there. Um, you know, thanks, Harry. Uh, always great to have you here, mate, and thanks for your support in our community as well. Uh, we know you're part of uh, our network, and uh, always appreciate what you do as well, buddy. So um, thanks for the shout out, Alison. Always uh, always good. Um, um, always good to see uh, you here. Uh, you're the, you, I think you're the most regular, regular, which is, which is awesome and fantastic. So, uh, always, always awesome to see you as well. I think and, we need a um, spot at the bar for, uh, <laughs> for Alison, don't we? We need a glass in the background. That's it. That's Alison's chair. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, great to see you guys. Um, uh, thanks, Graham. Thanks, Majib. Um, fantastic. And, um, and Michelle and all the others as well. Um, great to have you guys on today. And, uh, well, that's uh, that's about it, Andy. I think we'll call it a we'll call it a day. Wealth, wine, and wisdom. Um, Long time regular as well. That's awesome, mate. Awesome to have you here um, and supporting the channel. And uh, we love the idea that we can uh, add some value. So um, uh, awesome, awesome job. All right, team. Well, that's it. I think uh, we're done and uh, we're dusted, Andy. So um, I think it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. Good night.